1: Today on the show, when will this end? How soon could life go back to normal? In the US, we've been hearing all kinds of different dates.
2: Uh, May 4th, mid-May at the earliest. Broadway is extending its shutdown to June 7th.
1: And some politicians are just throwing their hands in the air.
2: Everybody
0: wants to know one thing, when is it over? Nobody knows.
1: Nobody knows? On today's show, how long could it be until we get our lives back? And what are the clues we should look out for to know if we're on the right track? To help sort through these questions, we first called up Dr Swapnil Mishra at Imperial College London. And he told us, well, one of the tough things here is that a lot of countries, like the US, got a
0: late start it has become very difficult to contain it now, right? It's almost like every country, it was said, oh, no, 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 we should be fine, we should be fine, we should be fine. But then suddenly after two weeks, everybody realised, oh, shit, we are not in a good state.
1: To find out if we can get into a good state, Swapnil and his colleagues are building models based around what we know about this pandemic. And these models are reaching high places. Word is that Boris Johnson started taking this pandemic seriously once he saw a model from Swapnil's colleagues, showing how many Britons would die if the country didn't take measures to stop it. How did your team feel when Boris Johnson took the model of, you know, of your colleagues and that was what inspired him to change?
0: We felt vindicated, that was the first thing. (laughs) And we felt, thank God, at least they have agreed to us now and we will have something that might help us to literally save people. So we felt vindicated.
1: Recently, Swapnil's team started looking at whether the measures that countries are taking to stop this coronavirus or this social distancing is actually working and putting us on the path out of this. They created a model which looked at how quickly this virus is spreading and the death rate. And then they looked at 11 European countries, places like Italy, Spain, France and Germany. They then created a couple of scenarios. One, what if these countries had done nothing, business as usual? And then two, what actually happened after they social distanced? So what did they find?
0: It was very much evident that the steps like social distancing, uh, stopping schools, having a lockdown, has helped to control epidemic.
1: It flattened the curve.
0: Yeah, so it has flattened the curve.
1: So, for example, according to Swapnil's model, by starting these measures in mid-March, Italy averted almost 40,000 deaths by the end of that month. The model also calculated that social distancing saved lives in other countries too. Now, this is a model, but evidence from the real world is starting to show something similar. Just this week, the World Health Organization in Europe said that they're noticing these trends. Countries that put in strong restrictive measures, like Germany and Spain, they're seeing drops in the rate of cases and deaths. Compare that with, say, Sweden, who have been more lax. They're now seeing a fresh surge of cases. So on the whole, for the countries that have done lockdowns...
0: Flattening the curve is happening, but we still need some more time.
1: But how much more time? When does life go back to normal? <sighs>
0: So when will it end is is literally a question that we really don't have much idea on right now.
1: So if you had to bet, um, like me and my friends, we were all guessing when we thought we would go back to our normal lives. What, what do you think?
0: So, uh, okay, this is just what I think we might have to be under a lot of measures, at least up till June. June? At least, at at least, right? It is not at most, it is at least.
1: Oh, right. Okay, so if we don't really know when this will end, what are the clues we should be looking for to know that we're heading out of the woods? Our friends over at the Journal podcast talked with Dr. Anthony Fauci. He's part of the Coronavirus Task Force, advising the President. You know who he is. Anyway, Anthony says that we need to start looking for a drop in the numbers.
2: You have to see a really steep decline on a day-by-day basis. What you don't want to see is a little sawtoothed up and down, up and down, that looks like it might be trending down. It's not like it's trending down. It's got to like steep going down. And when you see that, then you could start thinking about that. But you got to make sure you're absolutely going in the right direction.
1: When Anthony talks about numbers going down, he's talking about new cases. Now, that can't tell you the whole story, though, because testing in America has been so higgledy-piggledy that it's really hard to know if we're capturing all the people who just got infected. So there's other clues that we can look at to see if we're almost out of this. Like, you can look at hospitalizations or the death rate. Now, Anthony says that something to keep in mind with the death rate is that there's a two- to three-week lag between someone getting sick and then dying.
2: So deaths are the last thing that stop. When the deaths stop, then you know you're in good shape.
1: In Wuhan, new cases and deaths had been dropping consistently for about five weeks before China lifted the restrictions. Over here in the US, it's early days, and in many states, cases and deaths are still on the rise. But here's a promising sign. In New York, the governor says that hospitalizations are slowing down. Okay, so once we have more good signs like this and new infections and deaths are definitely going down, we might see things start to open up. But Anthony told the journal, that won't mean that life will go back to
2: normal. Right now, it's all physical separation. Six feet distance, no restaurants, no bars, no sports events. When you gradually come back, you don't jump into it with both feet. You say, you know, what are the things that you could still do and still approach normal? One of them is absolute compulsive hand-washing. The other one is you don't ever shake anybody's hands. <laughs> that's clear. I could see in certain places people saying, hey, we're going to get back to normal, but guess what? We have a restaurant that has 200 seats. Oh, that's too much. That's a big restaurant. I don't like big restaurants. has 50 seats. We're going to only let 25 people in at the same time.
1: Anthony says we'll have to be on the lookout for cases popping back up. And that means we'll still have to keep our distance. Or maybe we have to forget about basketball for a little while. Only play ping pong, you know, because it's more than six feet apart. Okay, He didn't suggest that one, but...
2: Bottom line is it's going to be gradual. It's not going to be all or none.
1: So it's going to be some time before we get our lives back to normal. But here at Science Versus we'll be with you. We've been following the coronavirus, covering everything from is it airborne to chloroquine? Is it really a miracle drug? To find all that and more, just search for Science Versus, that's Science VS in Spotify, and we'll be there. I'm Wendy Zuckerman. I'll fact you next time.